So Daniel, today our guest is Chip White, Director of Florida Home Buyers Programs. And what we're going to talk about in this episode is down payment assistance or some sort of assistance to help home buyers buy homes. And I think before we kind of bring Chip onto the show, one of the things we wanted to talk about was let's do a really good job of just briefly explaining what down payment assistance is and how that works for a first-time home buyer or a prospective home buyer. Yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, there are are programs provided through the Florida Housing Finance Corporation that are specific to first-time home buyers that allow them to uh, to get into a home utilizing a specific um, loan that will cover down payment and in some cases closing costs. Right. So, you know, from affordability standpoint, these programs exist uh, truly uh, from an affordable housing perspective to help first-time home buyers achieve the goal of home ownership. Yeah, and this money comes from the state, as we're about to find out, and it's it's at a, usually at a very low, if no interest rate at all, payment as long as you have the home. And then when you sell the home, you pay it, it's paid off with the home. But this is money that's given to you to help you go buy a home and become a prospective homeowner by the state. That is correct. Yeah, yep. I think it's really good because when I hear down payment assistance, you know, sometimes people think there's like this a finagling or a piggyback second the lender has to do. In this particular case, the state's giving this money and rewarding Floridians for being homeowners in the state of Florida. And there's so many different programs, so many great things we're about to learn about here. And I just want to take a minute to break down exactly what the down payment assistance means. Welcome back to the What's Your One More podcast. Today, I'm joined with one of my standing co-hosts, Mr. Daniel Halverson with Bank of England. Thanks for being here today, Daniel. Yeah, absolutely. And we are honored to have a special guest with us today. Super excited. We have Chip White, the Director of Home Buyers Programs over at Florida Housing. And I got to tell you what, this is, you know, if you're a mortgage lender, if you're a real estate agent, if you're a prospective home buyer, a first-time prospective home buyer, you are in for a treat today because we get to sit down with one of the guys that I consider one of the, one of the goats when it comes to this. And I'm so honored to have you on the show today. Chip, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Quinn. Looking forward to talking with y'all for a little bit here. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the thing about um, thing about the housing programs, the Florida Down Payment Assistance Programs. You know, uh, I, I've been in this game for about twenty two years, and, and it's all the myths that you hear about this. And what I have seemed to find over the years are the myths are usually attached to just people that don't want to do the loans uh, for whatever various reasons. And we'll get into that here in a minute. But uh, I'm very excited about this. Uh, Daniel, I know you know this program inside and out. So this is going to be a great show with you here as well. So we'll just get right started to it here. We'll start off and uh, Chip, I'm going to defer to you and then over to Daniel here. But what is Florida Housing Finance Corporation and like, why does it exist for our audience? Can you set the tone for that? Sure, Gwen. Uh, Florida Housing is a state housing agency. We were created by the legislature over 40 years ago, so we've been at this for a pretty good while now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And really our whole purpose for being is to be able to offer a range of affordable housing options to the citizens of Florida. We want to make you know communities uh, safe, affordable, good places to live, good places to work. And so that's what we're all about is, is housing. Yeah, and I mean, I think it shows with all the with all the down payment assistance. And, and Daniel, you know, like I said, feel free to jump in here. But you know, you know, outside of loan offerings, are there any other functions that that this serves outside of just the loan options itself? Yeah, so outside of the purchase money mortgage, which you and I work in every day in my program, we also do a lot of multifamily work on the multifamily side of the shop. Uh, they're building affordable, and I'm actually helping to assist and finance affordable units multi-units, big apartment complexes, with emphasis being on affordability. So basically, if we're throwing our money in there, 
and we are actually going to have them set aside a certain number of affordable units. And that's how we can serve some of the really low, you know, 50% AMI borrowers out there that, you know, live and pay to paycheck to paycheck. They still have a nice, safe, uh, affordable place to live. So we do that on the multifamily side. We have special needs programs. Uh, we get involved in the SHIP uh, program. So, yeah, we've got to have a, pretty much a hand in everything having to do with housing. Yeah, and I think, Chip, I appreciate you giving that insight. If, for our audience, you know, when we talk about affordability, we've, we've talked a lot on the podcast about affordability. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a hot button in the real estate market right now. But, you know, the Florida Housing Agency, these folks are boots on the ground when it comes to affordable housing and, and actually doing things to make housing affordable. So um, I appreciate you, you touching on that because I think a lot of our audience probably would think, okay, well, they, they just offer down payment assistance, but it also, you know, it extends a good bit beyond that with, with some of the things that you guys do. But, um, you know, one of the primary questions for the audience that I had was, how do you guys get the funding for yeah. the down payment assistance programs uh, and really any of the other programs that you offer? Yeah, really, it's a couple, three different sources when you look at it, uh, Daniel. We'll get federal funding, of course, and HUD, people like that, uh, give housing agencies money for the various projects and programs they run. So we have money from the federal level. Uh, as you know, with Own Down Heroes, we just appropriated another $100 million from the Florida legislature. So we also get state funds as well. And then we'll use our own money for some programs. Uh, we'll have uh, projects... Um, I should say pilot, pilot programs, mm-hmm. but we'll put our own money into, into the deal. Uh, so you know, basically, you know, that's it. Federal, state, and our own money. <laughs> yeah, and you want to explain maybe how you get your own money? Because I always find this concept to be kind of rewarding, but also interesting as well as how you get your own money, because I think there's a misconception on that. Okay. So generally in, in the real world with the Joel living out there, um, <laughs> when, when you do a loan origination, you'll make a certain amount of profit on that on that loan. That list, you pay Daniel and, you know, the process or just yeah. else and, and keep the lights on. Right. You know? uh, so we do, we do a lot of the same thing on our side. Uh, it just really varies by product, but most of our products are very, what I call skinny profits, uh, particularly something like Hometown Heroes, which I keep coming back to. Um, but we will take the, any monies that we make off these programs and also get some admin funds for some of the federal fund dollars that we administer. And that's really, we plow those back in the programs, create new programs, new products, and keep the lights on. Yeah. And, and during COVID, you know, let's say specifically 2020 and 2021, you refunded a lot of these programs because the loans that were originally, you know, uh, issued were paid off. And when they pay off, you get that money back as well. Is that correct? Well, generally, you got to remember, we do like what you do too. We securitize these loans. Mm-hmm. So we'll securitize. So, you know, they're sold as Jenny Mae and Fannie Mae securities. So when they're paid off, it goes back to the investors to pay them. So, you know, they're giving us this money up front and they're being repaid with the with the sale of the first mortgage. Now, the down payment money mm-hmm. does get recycled. Right. So, and as you know, most of our down payment. We give you cheap money for a long time, 30 years, zero percent. We want it back sometime. And that's what keeps the programs funded. But I think that's really what you were talking about a while ago is is basically recycling the DPA funds. That's and correct. That. And, and Chip, uh, you, on the Hometown Heroes topic, um, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit on the podcast here about uh, the changes that are going to be effective in July where that program 
will no longer have the occupational restrictions and it'll be in turn opened up to basically anybody that works for a, a business with a Florida address. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And when we have our lender and realtor trainings, we really need to define that better. And gotten, I've already got a lot of questions. Do they have to be headquartered in Florida? And I say, absolutely not. Ah, I just that's have, good. have to have offices, boots on the ground, brick and mortar. And some of the examples I've used are Amazon fulfillment centers, you know, Walmart, Publix, you know, where right now we're restricted to hospitals to like nurses and CNAs and just a few other occupations. Everyone in the hospital is now going to be a hero. Same with schools, professors. So again, in 98% of the people, it's only your first time home buyer should qualify for this program. And, and do you anticipate with that change that hometown heroes will become kind of the flagship off product offering in a way of, of what a lot of a large contingency of these first-time home buyers are going to be taking advantage of. We hope we hope so, Dan. Yeah, we hope so. Um, the intent of if you read the Live Local Act that was just passed that Hometown Heroes was funded out of uh, the intent of legislatures to ever bring this program, which means to keep it continually running. Here, so, so as long as we get, as long as we can feed it, we'll be good. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a big deal. Now, is the name still going to be Hometown Heroes, or is it going to be identified as something different? Still Hometown Heroes. Okay. I think that's good for consistency purposes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Chip, you touched on something that I, I wanted to make mention of. You know, I think there's a, a misconception in a lot of cases that the availability of the funding of these programs, um, that in some cases they may run out of funds. Um, mm -hmm. and, and maybe that there are certain products that, that, that maybe that is the case, but in my understanding, a lot of these programs are continuously funded, and I have never had a an issue or a concern where um, we've seen a, a buyer not be able to close on a property because there was no funding available at that time. So can, can you just touch on, you know, are there certain programs that are continuously funded or are all of them continuously funded? What, what does that look like from your end? Yeah, and really, we offer, that's our model is continuous funding. The bond program is set up that way. So, you know, we'll issue bond issue after bond issue, always keeping that funded. And uh, I started here in 2007. That's when we adopted that continuous funding model. TBA, as long as there's a TBA market, we'll always have TBA loans. Now, when we have a specialty program, uh, you know, something named specifically, and what comes to mind was the Hurricane Michael program where you set aside a specific amount of DPA. So you run a program like that up to the amount of DPA you can issue, and th that one will shut down. So, And look at hometown heroes. Right. Uh, that, that really, we rolled over, saluted our soldiers into this program, and then we continue to run it. And again, our hope is that, yes, uh, we will continue to have a hometown heroes product. Uh, but we'll be looking for you know, basically people to refire or sell the house to pay those funds back to us to, again, recycle back to new borrowers. So, so the way that these are continuously funded is the, the second, the assistant, uh, the assistance via the seconds when those loans get paid off via you know, refinance or sale, that goes back into the program and it allows for funding to, yep. to be continuously offered. Exactly. That's exactly it. Got it. And, and then to touch on your, your previous point with the Hurricane Michael funds, we had a program it was available in, in, I think it was five counties, but Duval was one of them. Um, back probably four or five, six years ago, the the hardest hit fund. Uh, yep. So there's these these programs that kind of pop up, um, and, and I think that those were kind of obviously Hurricane Michael, based on the title, was was primarily geared towards 
the housing markets that were impacted by Hurricane Michael. But the hardest hit fund, I think, was kind of a similar thing. Are, are these programs created, you know, if there is an event uh, like a hurricane or some type of a, you know, catastrophic event? Or do, do these programs uh, get created to help people get back into homes? Or, you know, how, how, do, how do they go about creating those programs? Yeah, from, from what I do here at Florida Housing, this, again, the home ownership programs, Yes, you know, need dictates us coming up with a program. The legislature may say, hey, you know, we need to go help this area out and, you know, direct us to do that. That was kind of the case with Hurricane Michael. Um, and, but, you know, <laughs> there's there's so much need out there. Uh, you know, we can only concentrate on so many things at one time. Yeah, and, and I... I just want to add that I thought it was, I, I always have admired your program and how you guys have always met the needs of the Floridians at many different levels. And I think what Daniel's speaking to is exactly that, you know, with, with the special resource programs you come up with, uh, you know, hats off to you guys for that, because uh, it's, it's pretty impressive how you're very timely. And for an organization that, as you described, has thin margins and, and, and like a thin runway, you guys move pretty quickly when you need to. And then we said, really, we thank the legislature for that. You know, yeah. We're a public-private partnership. We're not actually a state agency. And that was that was on purpose because they created us with the real estate market, the lending market being what it is. Y'all live and work this every day. You have to be nimble. You have to be quick. Right. You, you, you can't wait for, you know, the next session of next year in this business or that we, we'd be sunk, wouldn't we? <laughs> so they've, so they've, they've really given us a lot of uh, you know, ability to be nimble this way. And um, trust us to do our job and that we know what we're doing. And uh, they, they're huge supporters of what we do. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I wasn't aware of the, the public-private partnership. Um, and Chip, you, you said something a second ago I, I wanted to come back to when you when you talked about bond programs versus TBA. And I think that folks that have been in the industry for a while, they associate all of the first-time homebuyer programs as quote-unquote bond loans. It, it kind of becomes the, uh, the term that people use to describe these loans. But you, they're not all bond loans. Can you explain the difference between what a bond loan is and, and what a TBA loan is? I'd love to, because I do this half the day to my loan officers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God bless their little horse. They bond means down payment assistance. Okay. As I told you, our funding sources earlier, I did not mention bond as one of them for down payment assistance, did I? Correct. No, no sir, you didn't. I didn't hear that myself. Basically, a bond program means that we have the ability to issue tax-exempt mortgage revenue bonds as a housing agency. In fact, we're working on an issue right now, probably $125, $150 million. We go to Wall Street, we sell these tax-exempt bonds to investors that are looking for that and tax-free income, which generally means we come out with a little bit lower interest rate than market rates. And then we basically use that to fund the first mortgage product. In the case of uh, since we're doing tax-exempt, guess who who you think has a little bit of a hand in the rules? If you guess IRS, you're correct. (laughs) Guess it. So the, the, the first-time home buyer requirement, things like that, actually came from from those rules. Um, and then with bond, you know, we treat income a little bit differently. We look at the household income versus credit qualified income, and really don't want to give the weeds too much. But right. it's a totally different animal. Whereas TBA is a daily price program. It's what y'all do every day. You know, you basically underwrite a loan to you know FHA guidelines, Fannie Mae guidelines. Uh, we then. Had some DPA on, on, you know, on the back end of it for assistance for down payment and closing costs, and we sell those loans on Wall Street. Okay. Um, 
And uh, again, those loads, we do a lot of things on the back end to protect and guard against the interest rate risk and things like that because as an agency, we're very risk adverse. Yeah, no, I just, I'd agree with that. Over the last 40 years. So, uh, but that's the main difference is, you know, TBA is a daily price. Once we sell a bond issue, sell all those bonds, we usually set that rate and hold that rate till that bond issue is, is fully originated. And then we go on, go on to the next one. And how long do those bond issues generally take before those funds are, are completely used? Well, usually when we are doing a bond issue, uh, we're almost fully originated. It's that kind of market. So that's oh, why right. I say, so as soon as we do one, we're working on the next one. Okay? Right. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. And the has been in this rising rate environment. The bond program has been very attractive. That an interest rate has lagged behind the TBA rate. Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. That price advantage on that is basically exasperating those funds before you even can issue them all up because of that exactly. lag you're describing there. Yep. So it's really nice to have that mix, you know, here, you know, on our side is you you have bond for a certain segment of borrowers, you have TBA for the other folks that may make more money, have higher you know, income limits, higher purchase price limits, and the bond. So it's nice to have that mix to serve you know the needs of Floridians because we've got a bunch of us in the state now. Absolutely. Well I, pr- I appreciate the insight there. I think that uh, for for the folks that are in the real estate and mortgage industry, it's important to make that distinction because, as you mentioned, the the bond loans, um, you know, because the IRS has their hand in it, they're maybe a little bit more restrictive. Um, but interest rates can be a little more attractive, and then the TBA program really opens a lot of doors to um, to to offer this program to a much wider net. Um, but you know, interest rates are generally maybe a little bit higher on those, and and in my experience, so. Uh, I just wanted to, to to touch base on that and also kind of drive the point home that, that this is not all bond programs. That, you know, bonds are not the sole source of of how these programs are funded. So I think that's important for people to realize. And I guess you you maybe kind of answered the next question that I had with that as a lead in. But how are how are the interest rates on these programs determined? You know, just just high level. Don't you, we obviously don't sure, have to get too far. Sure. But we sure. With with a bond issue, the, the IRS limits the amount of profits you can make. So basically, we're looking, you know, when we do the bond issue, all costs are in, in, included. We can make a point underneath. That's it. So that's generally what we set that interest rate at. Okay. And, you know, you couldn't keep your doors open at a point and eighth profit. Could you? Come in? No, no, that wouldn't work real well. So on, on the TBA side, we have a third-party hedger. Like I said, we're, we're risk-averse. So they'll actually give us a, a rate sheet every day. We'll choose from that rate sheet where we want that rate to be. You know, how much profit we think we need in that particular product, and it ranges from next to nothing to a few points. So it really is is product driven, if you would, on the TBA side. But like I said, that is done on a daily basis. Whereas the bond issue may, I really didn't answer your question, one of it. That bond issue may be out there for four or five months. Okay, and, and, and that's a big selling point as well, because when you're in a market like we've seen recently, where there's a lot of rate volatility. Those bond, yeah, those bond rates are very consistent, and I think that it's it's extremely helpful. There's nothing more frustrating for a buyer, especially when you're dealing with the first-time home buyers. Mm-hmm. You know, you're somebody that's maybe a little bit more uh, rate sensitive in terms of how much they can afford. So there's nothing more frustrating than pre-approving somebody. Maybe we see a jump in rates, and then they don't qualify for a TBA-style program. But these bond rates will generally hold pretty steady for months at a time. So it creates yeah. a lot of opportunity for us to be able to pre-approve a customer. And then if they come back in 60, 90 days, there's not this this tremendous differential in rate that maybe 
pushes them out of, of qualifying. So, Well, the other thing I really like about this program is that the rates are set by your organization, Chip. You guys set all the rates, and it's not like if they go to lender A, they're going to get a different rate than if they go to lender B. So it really comes down to the knowledge base of lender A or lender B, and obviously the service levels, because some lenders can underwrite these products in-house, some have to go out of house with them. And I think for a long time, this program kind of got a little bit of a bad rap just because of the service levels internally by the lenders, not necessarily from the, the Florida housing. And I think that that was one of the major things that, that I discovered early on in the process was that to your point earlier, you better know your shit on this product. You better know it or you're going to step in a bunch of it smelling really bad in front of that buyer because there's a lot of uh-ohs that happen with this product. And this isn't one you just wake up overnight. You know, and if, if you're an originator thinking about this, you're listening to it, I highly, highly recommend you get with a team that does this well because you don't want to step into this product and just treat it like a standard conventional or an FHA product. There's a lot of, uh, that's another reason this, this kind of got a bad rap because people were doing a bad job servicing the loan. But I like what you're saying there, Gwen, is, yeah, we set the rate terms of these products, not not, not the lenders. Right. And I was, and I was speaking to a uh, borrower yesterday, and uh, first-time home buyer, great question. I mean, probably one of the smartest people I've talked to in 16 years, asking all the all the right questions. Really has done her homework. And she um, they actually emailed me back yesterday. We talked last week. She said, well, maybe I'll call a few lenders to see, you know, what, you know, kind of what their rates are. And I said, you don't have to do that. <laughs> I said, you know, all you need to do is, you know, uh, we do advertise loan officers on our website, as you know, and Daniel's on there. You know, as you do, if you do four loans in six months, we think you know what you're doing. Uh, you, you better buy four months. And of course, you've done a lot more than four. Right. Okay. Uh, so if you know, go, go there, someone knows what they're doing. Um, you just pick, pick one that sounds good. Right. Call them, talk to them, interview them for that matter. Say, see if you, see if you connect or not. Um, so that's, that's, that was a great thing about, yeah, we set the playing field, not our lenders. And Chip, on the, on the note of, of lenders, you know, is there a process that you guys use to determine how, what, what lenders are eligible? What, what are the qualifications? Are there specific requirements that a lender has to meet to be able to, to offer these programs? Good question. That's, that's a great question. And yes, we do. Uh, it really starts with our servicer. Our servicer, who's Lakeview now, we had U.S. Bank for a couple of decades. They they really do they do what I call the heavy lifting, the, mm-hmm. the financial background check, make sure that you know you meet the minimum requirements of the agencies, the GSEs, your net worths are there. You know all they they do all that to make sure that you know if we ever see a, a great recession again, which we pray we never do, mm-hmm. you know that that you'll still be here when we come out the other side. From our standpoint, we want that really a brick and mortar location in the state of Florida. Okay. Um, we've made us an exception here and there, but primarily the 260-plus lenders, you've got an office here. You've got that office you're sitting in in Jacksonville. Um, we want, now, I'm old school, guys, and I'm just old, too. Like, um, my theory has always been, if, you know, we do this by phone now. We do it by, you know, by smartphones, and then nobody sees anyone anymore. But my, my case has always been, if you really step in it, like Quinn said a while ago, and, and really mess one up, I want them to be able to come to your office and scream at you in person. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you're, in the, if, you're, if you're in California, they can't do that effectively. You're right. So, so that, that's about our big thing, is you're here, boots on the ground, you're, you are a Floridian serving the citizens of Florida. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and that might answer this next portion that I want to throw in there. But for the longest time, it was a requirement you had to have operations in the state of Florida 
to do this program. And you recently, maybe not you, but the organization recently made an adaptation to that. Can you speak to why you did that? Especially considering how complex these products are and and brought in a, a selective group that you, quite fr frankly, for a long time, just didn't allow to do it. And when Jeff, you talk about third-party originators, right? Yeah, TPOs. Yes, sir. Okay. So, and actually, we did that back before the Great Recession. We we allowed TPO business. U.S. Bank allowed it. Mm -hmm. uh, but we came out the other side of the, the uh, Great Recession. Just a good time was had by all. <laughs> um, they just stopped that business. They quit supporting third-party originators as we kind of crawled our way back to people rebuilding equity in their homes and mm -hmm. things like that. So we stayed away from that for what almost fifteen years. Yeah, a long time. And and, and honestly, we just gotten so many calls from so many people, both bars, both brokers, as to you know why why can't we have that equal footing? We're here, we're Floridians, you know, we're we're probably serving a different customer than than your you know, your bank lenders and some of the lenders that you have now. And honestly, the the decision was made just to maybe reach more more borrowers quacking. Yeah. Okay. Have you found, um, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, has that been a little bit of a tough adjustment period for some of those TPOs coming in? Um, not really. We've right now, we've only got a handful. Okay. Oh, maybe, so you don't have that many participating. I know. Maybe, maybe five. Five right in the whole state participating. Yeah. That, that answers my question right there. So you got five TPOs yeah, slash, slash brokers really, participating. You know, as well, I do, there's only one that's really killing it. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. If you, if you want to clarify, oh, we know exactly who it is. But I think that, you know, um, from a perspective of doing this for a long time, you know, one of the things that I've admired about this program is you said it, you said it right there. You had a lady call you and I've heard you tell stories before of talking to homeowners, you know, there's not many lenders, much less a director of home buyer programs that's talking to the front line, um, that's that's in the line of fire, that's dealing with questions, complaints, concerns. And man, hats off to you for doing that. I know a lot of branch managers that won't even do that, much less the director of home buyer programs. And man, I think that's what's special about you because you've been on so many different facets of the loan program that you understand that. And I've always heard you when you've come by our office or you know you've you've come to talk to us. You were very front line. You're very, very front line, and uh, I commend you for that. You're very hands-on. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break, and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. And... The team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family. And I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com. W W w.boemortgage.com because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. Well, I sit here in the office. I answer, every time my phone rings, I'll answer it. So will Sandy Smith, so will Mark Pease, so will Nathan Sanders. Mm -hmm. That's us. Yeah. That's our home buyer program right there. Four people for the state of Florida running this program. 
I better talk to people from Nineveh. I have to have people to talk to. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we pride ourselves on that. When, yeah. when you know, you will call me or email and say, I hate to bother you. I go, you're not bothering me. This is what it's a partnership. That's okay? right. I'm here to support you. You're out there supporting our program. You have a question. We're the material experts. Ask us. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think that's great. And, you know, just kind of back up here for just one second. You know, why is it other states? Like, uh, clearly, I think your program leads other states. I think other states follow your homebuyer programs. They they really look to you guys for guidance. And I'm not sure if you're aware of that. I'm sure you are. But when we when we talk to other people around the country, they don't have what we have right here. And you guys are leading edge. Your program leaders leading edge in this, and the amount of money and the amount of programs and the different variants of people that can apply for these is really off the chart when you look at other states. Now, are you aware of that? Are you are you familiar with what I'm talking about? The, the thing is, every state will have a housing finance agency. Mm-hmm. We've been from from way back when we've all done bond loans. <laughs> so you know we've kind of mimicked each other, and well, what works for you, what doesn't work. But then over the years, we've evolved in TBA programs, mm-hmm. initialty programs. Um, there's some other great state programs out there, been out there longer than we have. Right. Uh, but again, not every state has, what, 21, 22 million people in it that we're trying to serve either uh, and, and growing every day, right? Well, that's, that's, that was the question I was going to ask. Do, what do you attribute this, this dynamic, robust um, loan program portfolio that we have here with just completely amazing terms for our Floridians that other states haven't gotten to that level yet? Honestly, for these programs, when it comes down to one thing, down payment assistance. Gotcha. And the, and the amount of assistance that you give. Yep. Uh, that's, ever since I started running this program years ago, that's been the driving force. If you, you know, you might be able to offer a better interest rate one day on, on an in-house product. Mm-hmm. And you do it every day, thank God. That's why you keep your lights on. That's why you keep guys like this over here, you know, on the payroll. Um, but, um, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's just interesting, you know, how, how it's grown and yeah. it continues to grow. Yeah. Uh, it, it continues to evolve every day. No, I agree with that. hundred percent. Especially products earlier, you know, that's, that's what we do. That's what we know. Chip, you mentioned the ship program earlier. I, I think one of the things that we find a lot is, is both real estate professionals and, buyers alike, oftentimes they get confused by how much is out there. Um, you know, there's a lot to know. There's There are county-specific programs. Uh, there are these other kind of spinoff um, incentives that, that we'll see from time to time. How, how does what you do intertwine with, or does it intertwine at all with the SHIP program or, you know, some of these county-specific programs? And SHIP is State House of Initiative Partnerships. That's what it stands for. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we may have talked earlier or maybe before we even started about either state programs or local programs. And, and, and why, why is that? Well, we try to serve the needs of the entire states. So we use a shotgun approach. People like SHIP are there on, on the ground, boots on the ground. They know what's needed in their community right now, whether it be from disaster recovery, which they do, which that's really one of their primary functions when there is a disaster to, like you said, down payment assistance. They do some multifamily. And at last count, when I was on the SHIP Review Committee here, which we do review their, their LHAPs, local housing assistance plans, every three years, there were 119 of those agencies. Wow. They received, they received Sadowski Fund Act, fund Sadowski funds. 
and for the and realtors, if you're watching this, y'all contributed this money. Okay, Matt, you this is a self-taxing uh, pool of money back in I think 1992 um, that was created just to fund affordable housing. So y'all were at the forefront of financing affordable housing. So when you go to talk to ship agencies and you need money, you need information, um, you're the reason they're there. So uh, hopefully they'll be helpful to you, and they did generally are. And from our standpoint, where I get involved is when there is down payment assistance. A lot of times their assistance is more than we offer. Most of them will let a uh, lender layer that with our assistance. Interesting. Uh, particularly in the case where, uh, real quick, uh, there was a disabled mother and daughter down in um, West Palm, uh, the, the owner of the condo was going to sell the condo, and they're going to be forced to move out. And these are very low-income folks. But we were able to use our assistance. They got $65,000 from Palm Beach County at 0% money. Wow. And they were able to stay put and, and, and have a roof over their heads. So that's where agencies like SHIP come in. They really and kind of fill the gap. They know the needs of their communities, and they form their programs to do that. And what what is, what is the highest need here, which is going to be different in Leon County than Miami-Dade County? Correct. Okay? Yeah. So just to, cl to clarify, you know, you guys obviously maybe work in conjunction sometimes, but those programs in a lot of ways are still separate from what you do on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and I kind of left, left the question slide off the table there. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, it was great. Great answer. Money comes through us. Uh, we we do we distribute the funds to the ship agencies. Like I said, we do oversee them to make sure they live up to the statutory requirements of those plans and, and of the statutes that govern them. But other than that, they set up their own programs. They self-govern. Uh, like I said, they meet the needs of their community. We really don't have any input in that, nor do we want to. Uh, we've got... Got our hands full in what we do every day. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to know how many uh, how, how many more applications from lenders you've gotten since the Hometown Heroes program was announced. Well, I keep asking to shut it off, but they won't let. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. No, I mean, hey, hey, we'll some lenders earlier. One thing we started a couple of years ago, which this is nothing, but we say if you don't deliver four loans a year as a lender, we're going to terminate you. Good for you. Because you you know, and Quid and I have had this conversation in the past, people will say, we offer bond programs, and they hang it up, basically hang their shingle out. Bond programs given, and they don't. Right, they don't they, do it. Yeah. They bait and switch or something worse. Said, so, well, we, we do have a mineral production with four. If you can't do four loans as an institution, you you wish in your time and ours, too. Correct. Okay? And But to answer your question, we've probably had over 100 lenders or more. I'm trying to terminate them as fast as they, you know, trying to <laughs> yeah. well, Chip, you know we appreciate that. Over here. You know we appreciate that greatly uh, because, uh, you know, my biggest thing with having so many lenders, especially new lenders in the pot, when they reserve the funds, it takes down funds that lenders that have been doing this for some time could issue. Right. And that's what we don't want. So I appreciate you monitoring that and, and making sure that that doesn't happen at a rapid rate. Uh, again, we're here for the benefit of the borrowers. And, you know, the citizens of Florida. Yep, you know, absolutely. And, you know, we do this for a business, but that's that's the end product, which y'all get to see more than I do. You know, I get to see a lot of numbers. Uh, y'all get, to, you know, every now and then I'll get the calls from the first-time home buyers, or I get success stories from y'all about this person, you know, that otherwise might have been homeless even. 
And uh, those are the stories we, we love to hear. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Chip, do you have anything else, you know, for our, our audience, you know, realtors or lenders, people in the real estate community alike? Is there anything coming down the pipeline in your world that's that's worthy of note or, you know, anything in particular that, that you want to uh, make make mention of here while we got you? I mean, really, the, the, the product du jour, what everyone's focused on right now, as you know, are the changes coming down, down here is the, the main thing being removing the occupational requirements. Where we have right now, the, the first pot of money was targeted maybe 104, 105 occupations, very specific, very tight focus. Uh, but now we'll be able to go back. And at that, I hated to get a phone call from the hospital employee that's not a nurse, that's not a CNA. Yeah. They're a surgical tech. They do some other critical role in the hospital and say, sorry, we couldn't help you. Now the, the, the changes are going to help all of those things. Y'all are going to help all these people. And that's the most exciting thing. And again, just goes at what I was saying earlier, how we're always trying to change, evolve, be creative. And, you know, what we did yesterday may not be as good as what we could do today. So let's do better today. And let's keep growing from there and learning from our past experiences. So that, that's that, that's really it. Um, just keep growing. Keep you know, keep lenders like you out there. Y'all are you know, always one of our top lenders, if not in top ten, top five. Uh, salute our soldiers. Y'all killed it. Y'all did more VA loans than any other lender in the state. Uh, so again, y'all make these programs successful. Not 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 me. Not my staff. Y'all do all all the heavy lifting. Well, man, we appreciate that uh, a lot, and uh, you know, definitely uh, means a lot to be partnered up with you. And you know, Chip. I will say this, um, kind of going back to from a lender's aspect, you know, when you're dealing with uh, a bank or a lender, these are these are truly CRA loans. These are these are dubbed as community reinvestment acts where you're actually reinvesting back into the community because as you mentioned earlier, these are not <clears throat> these are not profit makers. You're not gonna build a book of business on this, but what you are gonna build is a lot of goodwill and affordable housing. And you know, there's a lot to be said in our business when you can do that and reinvest back into the community uh, that you live in and participate in. So uh, you know, I thank you for all that you're doing. More importantly, man, thanks for joining us on this show today. I really appreciate you taking time to be with us and uh, answer all of our questions. And Daniel, thanks for being on here as well. And uh, Chip, man, keep doing the great things you're doing. And uh, I, I value you as a business partner and as a friend. So thank you again for being on the show today. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. When I get out of this office, when I don't have to answer the phone all day, I'll come over and see y'all in person soon. Okay? <laughs> man, we're looking forward to that. Absolutely. Anytime, man. Anytime, my friend. Okay. All right, buddy. Y'all stay safe. Yes, sir. Okay? Stay the same. Thank you. I got one more shot. I'm going to make it. One more chance. I'm going to take it. And when I said it, now it's time for me to do it I got one life to live, so I put them all into it, yeah